1: welcome to belly up fantasy live it's your guys we're gonna jump into a quick preview on the super bowl and dive into the quarterback landscape thanks for tuning in guys Welcome in everybody. It's your guys, Billy, Tom, Ryan, and I'm your host, Chris. Thanks for tuning in. Boys, how y'all doing tonight?
2: Doing well, doing well. Gravy. Everything is
1: gravy. Can't Man, I, uh, I'm i doing extra well, guys, as y'all know, uh, as, a, as we chat throughout the weekend and we watch these divisional games unfold. And Tom, was it May 25th? You know, we won't talk about it too much, not in depth. I think it's May 25th, somewhere around there. Uh, your your host over here called Tom Brady, TB3 is what I'm calling him now. Tom Brady, Tampa Bay, Todd Bowles to the Super Bowl. Called it. Week 8, I brought it back up when the AB, when AB signed. Said, guys, these guys are going to the Super Bowl. The narrative is too good. So I'm doing extremely well because they're there. Um, Billy, why don't you give us your early Super Bowl prediction?
2: Uh, Well, coming into the game, I do have a little bit of concern for the Chiefs losing their left tackle, Eric Fisher, that Achilles injury late in that game against the Buffalo Bills. We saw Tampa Bay get pressure on Tom Brady not once but twice this season uh, when no one really did get pressure on him. So that is a little bit of a concern for me, for the Kansas City Chiefs. However, I can't pick the Bucks, man. I got to roll with my Chiefs. I'm only a couple hours north of Kansas City and just hoping to see them and Andy Reid uh, win another one. So, even the Chiefs in a tight one. Not sure about the spread, the straight-up ball game. I'll take the Chiefs for the back-to-back Ws. But I do think they need to find a running game if they're going to be able to hold these guys off. We saw last time they played, they got out early. Tom Brady did his thing, brought them back. It was a 27-24 ball game last time these two teams saw each other. But Tampa Bay better have an answer for the Cheetah.
1: Ryan, what are your thoughts on that? Man, the cheetah did burn him for what? 200 yards in the first half of last, last time they faced you all? First quarter. First Look, quarter.
3: realistically, if Casey comes out and plays the way Casey can come out, this game is already over. I think that's, uh, you may not want to admit that. And I understand you're, you're never looking at admit it. an all time, I, I totally get it. You're looking <laughs> at an all time great quarterback on the other side of the field. So I'll acknowledge that. Tampa Bay has been hot, but. Kansas City, at their optimum, has been the best team in the league for over a year now. So let's stop pretending that – I mean, okay, if Tampa Bay plays their best game and Kansas City doesn't, they can win for sure. But if both teams play their best game, Kansas City takes this. And I think Kansas City, they want the back-to-back. Mahomes is looking at his own legacy now, even as young as he is. So I do suspect they're going to win this.
1: So before Tom goes, because he might mention this, but I want to touch on this. Eric Fisher boys, 113 snaps on that left side or the, on the right side of that chiefs offensive line started as a rookie. He's committed 6.5 fouls per year with a few of them, including like a taunting foul uh, unsportsmanlike conduct fouls uh, in his early career. He's cleaned that up here recently out for the game. The che- Todd Bowles, like I mentioned, one of the TB three. Todd Bowles, his defense gets better this week. Both of his safeties are returning: Winfield and uh, Billy. Remind me who the other guy is. Winfield and you'll remember. Oh no! Okay. The, uh, but also, but but the big deal is oh, Vita you. Vea, right? Vita Vea comes back. Yeah, that is full big. force. So JPP, Vita Vea, and and Damakon Sioux against that Chiefs offensive line, they're going to be disruptive. And that's the way to throw Patrick Mahomes off of his game in my mind, right? So, Tom, take it away. What's your Super Bowl prediction?
4: Well, first things first, it was Jordan Whitehead that you were trying to think of as the other
3: Yes. I kept thinking Murphy Bunting for some reason. Yeah, cornerback. That's not right. Yeah, I was like, that's not right. That's the corner.
4: Yeah, they got Murphy Bunting. They have Carlton Davis, Jamal Dean. Listen, don't get me wrong. They have a good defensive backfield. I don't think it's going to be able to keep up with the Chiefs' speed, just outright speed, and I think that that's what they need to play on in this passing game. I think Billy's absolutely right. They need to find some running game too, though. You can't just pass against this defense. You have to balance it, or they're going to they're gonna find ways to stop you. Um, I will say we talked a lot this year about Juju Smith-Schuster and the crap with TikTok dancing on the field. There are not many people in this world that could make me want Tom Brady to win a Super Bowl, but Patrick Mahomes' fiancé and brother and their videos on TikTok or Instagram or whatever social media platforms they're posting to are the absolute worst thing in this league, and it gets me very close to wanting Tom Brady to win this game, but I don't. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to win it. It. Tom Brady had to make the Super Bowl. Let's be honest. The NFL was going to make sure of it. (laughs) Are we wrong? He's 43, right? It's you're going to do it, but they're going to have Patrick Mahomes in this chiefs dynasty. That's starting up. Go get another one back to back.
1: Yeah. uh, It's going to be a good one for sure. Young goat, old goat, original goat, I should say, but uh, let's jump into this before we go into the QB landscape. Right. Uh, we're, we're a podcast sponsored by Manscaped, so Manscaped supports us. We support Manscaped. Support for Belly Up Fancy Live is brought to you by Manscaped, which is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Big news, guys. Manscaped just released their new cologne. It smells so good, right? I'm sure all y'all have tried it already. Uh, we knew smelling that good could also feel so good as well, right? Manscaped is trusted for over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all the below-the-waist grooming needs. Get Refined. Guys, also use our promo code BellyUpFantasy uh, for – or Belly Up Fantasy Live for 20% off and free shipping with that code at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with promo code Belly Up Fantasy Live. The guys you're watching right now, go to Manscaped.com. Check it out. Uh, quick story, though, right? Real quick. Uh, yesterday, we were making tortillas, right? And if you've ever had, like, a tortilla warmer, uh, you got to put something in there to get it a little wet, so, like, a wet paper towel or something like that. Well – I forgot there was already a wet paper towel in there. Put it in the microwave, and it came out smelling like a locker room. And I was like, "What the is going on right now?" Uh, spray a little bit of that manscape stuff on it. Delicious, right? So not only does it smell good. Pretty good too. So there you go. BellieFantasyLive.manscape.com. <laughs> Check it out today, guys.
3: Do not eat the product. That is, yeah, not, this is not recommended. Do not
4: try that at home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you ask your parents permission something. first. Yeah. I Gen Zers that were eating Tide Pods don't think this is the next new challenge.
2: Yeah, it's the definitely not. That's fair. fair. I, don't I don't want to
1: start that. So let's not do that. But what I do want to start is, guys, I want to get into the quarterback landscape of the NFL right now. Um, We've got 32 possible replacements. We've got 32 guys that are just ready to sling the ball, right? We're going to start with the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray, killer Kyler, guys. The guy last season was my, I guess I called him as a top three quarterback quarterback. Uh, he finished as a top two quarterback. So you look at his performance over the year right now. And first of all, he's not going anywhere, right? Kyler Cliff Kingsbury, that offense is built around him. They're going to keep him. And fun fact about this guy, right? I looked this up earlier when Ryan was doing our show sheet. Uh, Ryan did an amazing job on it today, guys. Uh, not that he doesn't always, but today was immaculate. Uh Kyler Murray has increased in every stat across the board, every good stat that you would want across the board uh, this season. And he's done it with less than 30 more passes, uh, which is phenomenal in my mind because you add D hop in there uh, and you would think that his, they would just start throwing the ball left and right was well, decision-making is better as well. Um, his turnover rate stayed the same, but his touchdowns increased. So his decision-making of either throwing the ball away or running it. Is just really well, is better, it's improving, right? So, uh, ended up as the quarterback two at the end of the year. Um, I think he's going to stay right there at one and two. You really can't say if Pat, you're always going to say Patrick Mahomes, probably number one, um, but Kyler Murray for me is a close second. Um, Hopefully they add something in the in in the in the draft for this guy. Uh, I'm hoping like a wide receiver or something like that. Uh, the other two quarterbacks really didn't catch my eye too much on this team. So just, just kind of sticking with Killer Kyler on this one, guys. Uh, Tom, what do you think?
4: Yeah, I mean, you're definitely right. It's the Kyler Murray show in, in Arizona. Nobody's going to change that. Chris Streveler or, or whatever, he's not going to make a difference, let's be honest. Um I do kind of differ I, You know, as far as the draft philosophy. It's not necessarily the receiver position that I want to see. Um, you know, when you look at that team, obviously you still got, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, one of the top five receivers in the league. I think year by year you can make arguments for him. You can make argument for Julio. You can make an argument for, you know, a couple of guys up there, but he's consistent top three, top five receiver, right? Obviously Fitzgerald probably gone after this year. But you do still have Christian Kirk, Andy Isabella. You know, you don't necessarily need another stud receiver. Maybe you get a third or a fourth round guy. What I would like to see is a little bit of offensive line help for him or a tight end. I think a Kyle Pitts would be really interesting here. They don't have a great tight end option. I mean, Dan Arnold, Max Williams, those aren't the guys you want to be throwing the ball to. Um, And the offensive line, like I said, could use a little help. Um, Justin Pugh and Mason Cole, some of the better guys from what I've seen, at least on that O-line, and they're not anybody to brag about. It's it's not an impressive unit. Uh, So I think giving him just a little extra time uh, probably wouldn't hurt.
3: Yeah, uh f- for me, with Stravler and Hundley, like, obviously, these are just backup guys. You're not going to do anything with them. That being said, I don't think it's a weakness or anything that they need to address in the draft, at backup quarterback. They can just find journeymen for most of Kyler Murray's career. There's no reason to groom anybody behind him. Uh For Kyler, the one thing that he did do was he increased his fumbles this year, but I think a lot of that might have to do with volume, and he also over doubled his rushing touchdowns. So how long is he going to be able to withhold, withstand some of that punishment? A lot of the same things that concern me about Lamar concern me about Kyler. Although to a lesser degree, it does seem to be that Kyler is less reliant about his uh ground game than Lamar is. He does have a, maybe call it better weapons or a better offense for him to utilize the pass game. Um I am high in him moving forward, but I honestly have sold some shares of him recently just because I think he has such a high – uh current value and for me the injury risk just gets me off him enough for me right now to get off of him at his price just because of the injury risk and we have a running joke in another group text i'm in that he's going to just start playing baseball one day like and you never know if he's going to do it so for me that that also there is a tiny percentage that i'm afraid of that so for me I will just, uh, I'll move Kyler right now while his price is this nice, and I do think he's going to have a successful career. But there's just a couple question marks that, speaking in Dynasty, I would like to move him right now while his asset, while he is such a valuable asset, especially if I can get a good quarterback in return.
4: I'll tell you yeah. what, Ryan, bringing up Lamar there as a comparison, I think it's a, you know, it's a valid one. They came out around the same time. They've been, you know, been in the league for somewhere of time here, but. Mm-hmm when you really think about who Kyler is as a player, he reminds me a lot more of a Russell Wilson than a a Lamar Jackson. Lamar is a straight running quarterback. His passing game, I mean, if, if you watch the show, you've heard me harp on it time after time. Lamar is not a passing quarterback. Kyler has arm talent. Like you said, he's a baseball guy. So was Patrick Mahomes. They have the ability to throw at any angle. Like You see, you know, ESPN is making all these videos of Patrick Mahomes making a sidearm throw. Well, guess what? Kyler Murray does a lot of the same things, and nobody really talks about that. So I think that he has the ability to use his legs when needed, a la Russell Wilson, but is able to protect himself because he's able to slide, he knows when he needs to run, and it's not his number one read. And having better receivers than Lamar probably doesn't hurt, but I think there's a lot more to it than than just that.
3: Yeah, and, and slightly related, if I'm uh, Arizona, I'm addressing defense in this draft heavily. Yep. Because I think the offense with the internal growth, unless you can get a Najee Harris or an Etienne, because to me the running backs did underwhelm some, and that could be part of what was missing in that offense. But outside of that, maybe you just load up on the defensive end and hope for internal growth because you do have a young guys there, and Hopkins is only going to get better with uh, Murray next year. I do like Chase
1: Edmonds. And I, I like do, Eno I Benjamin. Do, do. You know, Benjamin, he wasn't, didn't get a lot of play. Let's not worry about that. Let's worry about, you know, I like the narrative. I'm a narrative guy. He's a hometown kid to Arizona. And they, like, you got to like that, right? So it's Philip Lindsay style. Exactly. Give him a shot, coach. All
3: right. Well, Billy Let's, bounced out. So uh, we'll never know what he thinks about Kyler Murray. will <laughs> never go oh, back God. to it ever again. <laughs> I guess we would be moving forward since I was technically last to the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, the Falcons, uh, I have some quarterback concerns for this team. Yeah. Not only at the starting, but the backups as well. You have Matt Schaub who just – I mean, I thought he retired 12 years ago. I couldn't can't believe he's still in the league. Obviously, you do not want to be seeing that guy as your backup for any real reason. Obviously, he would – he would be valuable to have in a quarterback room, but outside of that, you don't want that guy to see in the field. And then you got Kurt Bankert, who honestly I don't even, didn't even know who he was before I had to uh, make the sheet with all these guys. So there's nothing on the roster that makes me go, ooh, Matt Ryan is older. He is, while still an excellent quarterback, clearly he has peaked, and at best he is stable. At worst he is already declining. Uh, you got to think Julio's going to be gone. Atlanta might be looking at these assets and trying to flip them to quick do a quick rebuild. If that was me, that's what I would do. Because Matt Ryan, how much longer can he actually play? Are you going to be riding this dead horse? Maybe get what you can for him. Atlanta should be addressing quarterback in the draft, no matter what they do. Because again, there's not a backup on this roster that excites me in any way.
1: Yeah, uh, not at all to me. I want to apologize to everyone who's watched this from the beginning of my julio truthness to the 2020 year i'm a narrative guy like i said so i fell forth this year just it was too sweet and you look at matt ryan as quarterback who has been phenomenal for the atlanta falcons organization uh he's what one two three three times this year he's been in the top uh the top 10 something's something they've got to do something in Atlanta this year. And with that fourth overall pick, I'm hoping it's Najee, right? Like we all think it's going to be, um, maybe Tom has something different that they think is so hot over there, but I think Najee to Atlanta just fits and you kind of rebuild from there. I don't, I guess Matt Ryan stays around for one more year and retires as a Falcon. Um, I I was just very disappointed in Atlanta's offense and, uh, it was just very underwhelming to me. Billy is back, everybody. Billy, sorry about that, man. You're fine, baby. You're fine. Why don't you uh, hop on in real quick and talk about Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons?
2: Yeah, Matt Ryan, ever. typically a guy that's one of my favorites. You know, uh, the offense, the Atlanta offense, has been a fantasy gem for quite some time now. But uh, as of late, we've kind of seen them regress a little bit, as with Julio's participation. You kind of know what you're getting out of these guys, and uh, you know, this is a team that also. With the hiring of their new head coach Arthur Smith, they need to find a running game to really kind of help that, uh, uh, kind of help that offense go. Uh, one thing I really like to look at with these quarterbacks over their career is completion percentage. Uh, Matt Ryan's been pretty consistent. You know, he's he's up there over sixty-five percent every year. He's uh you know has some years better than others, but well over four thousand yards. He's he's a guy that can throw thirty touchdowns easy, and uh, probably a guy that's not going to leave Atlanta anytime soon. So none of the fun quarterback carousel talk. Uh, for them right now in the near future, maybe. But uh, maybe this offense ends up next year without Julio Jones. Uh, Maybe not next year, but, you know, in the near more near future. Uh, But Calvin really showed that without Julio, he can be a wide receiver, one, and had really good production without Julio across the field from him and actually had some better games, uh, you know, without Julio on the other side of the field. So Matt Ryan will definitely benefit from a run game if they can get going and obviously some defense. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I like Matt Ryan personally quarterback or fantasy wise uh, probably a mid-tier quarterback too that will have some really big games for you if you play him in the right matchup he really likes to tear up the Buccaneers Uh, so that's a good time to start him
4: yeah I'll tell you what um, Matt Ryan not a great year for him Billy you talked about completion percentage I mean by no means was it bad he was at 65 percent you know around the league that's a pretty decent number Um, But for him it's it's low um, not his worst year though. You look back at 2017, he actually had uh 64.7 completion percentage, about 500 less yards, uh, six fewer touchdowns and one more interception. So he's had worse years than this. Um, and mind you, it was a year that he did have Julio for all 16 games. It wasn't like he was missing his star target. Um, with all that being said, as much as I like Matt Ryan, I think this is a year that you possibly look at, you know, bringing in a new backup possibly in the draft maybe a not an early round guy but somebody to you know possibly develop and take a flyer on Um, I'm not gonna lie I don't hate depending on if he falls uh, Kyle Trask out of Florida Ellinger out of Texas could be a a decent guy and I know uh, somebody that um, you know Pinto you're gonna like is Kellen Mond from Texas A&M your boy I mean put it this way if you get him super late and you want to try and develop him, what's the harm, right? As a sixth-round pick, Ryan, I know you're not big on him. But he he has some arm talent. He's streaky. That's his biggest issue. So if you're able to work past that and let him learn from Matt Ryan for a year or two, maybe not the worst thing in the world. Uh, So with that, guys, I think that takes us on to the next team here, the Baltimore Ravens, my favorite team. Oh, wait, no, it's not. Lamar Jackson, uh, RG3 on the team, Uh, obviously my boy, the man, the myth, the legend, Trace McSorley, uh, and Tyler Huntley, actually, over there, too. Brought him in late in the year once RG3 and Trace went down. Um, I mean, I think most people would know Lamar Jackson's not going anywhere anytime soon, aside from maybe the IR. But... Aside from that, I think RG3 moving on, if I remember correctly, it sounds like they already kind of are in talks for him to be moving from the team. Not surprising. He's about 32, 33 now. Hasn't really done anything. Do you really want to pay him as a backup? When you do have young boy on the rookie deal, Trace McSorley who came in this year and played pretty well. Um, you know, he had limited playing time and unfortunately injured his knee when Lamar Jackson didn't have to take a poop. Um, but I think that next year you rock it with the two of them. You can even bring in Trace and, and keep things interesting because he has a, a decent arm, maybe not the strongest arm, but uh, he can make you know good throws and he can move. We all talk about Lamar Jackson's legs. Trace McStorley can move too. Ryan, what are your thoughts here?
3: Well, Tom, I think you and I view Lamar Jackson through a very similar lens. Uh when I think about quarterbacks, I would, yeah, I don't want to be building my dynasty team around him. I don't want to be building my redraft team around him. He did not have a bad year per se, but he was getting taken as the QB two. And he wound up, if I'm not mistaken, as the QB 10. Um, that's Wait, not what you mean. Where did need I to- have him? Didn't do what? I said, where did I have him? Yeah, you had him at 15. I had him uh, at like. a little, a little well. Yeah, I had him at like six or eight or something like that. I'd have to go back and look. But the thing about it is – and here's the thing too, and I'm going to – this just delights me because I got so much crap for saying that Lamar Jackson would throw for 3,076 yards this year. And they said, that's ridiculous. He threw for 2,700. I don't have an optimistic look at this passing game moving forward. I do have an optimistic look at uh, the tight end, maybe two tight ends. I think that offense can support two tight ends, honestly. But uh, the run game, but the receivers, Hollywood Brown is going to be a big game type of a guy. I didn't see consistency I wanted there. Uh, the other guys, none of them, I know y'all all love Trace, but I, I honestly think a lot of these guys are too similar to each other to run all the same offense. And I don't think that offense is going to be successful long term. So they're going to run with Lamar Jackson. I think they're going to be a playoff team every year, and they're not going to win a Super Bowl. And eventually something's going to happen, I think. But. I, I, I'm not upset with Lamar if you can get him late, but when can you get him late? You're not going to be able to get him late again next year, even though he, he finished his 10. He'll probably wind
0: up going his QB four. Or so wouldn't y'all think somewhere in there? The Maybe even lower for me this year. Oh, it's going to be way lower for me. But that's where he's going to be. His ADP is going to be QB four.
4: I think around that five mark, give or take. Here's the thing: you talked about like his yardage is crap. He he threw for 3,100 2019 and twenty seven hundred this year. He had fewer touchdowns, uh, ten fewer touchdowns this year, and three more interceptions. He's his only aspect that's beneficial for him in a fantasy realm is running the ball. He doesn't throw. He's not a quarterback.
2: Yeah, his rushing stats are definitely what you're going for when you're drafting a guy like Lamar Jackson. You're playing up on the one point for 10 yards instead of the one point for 25 passing. You know, that being said, a 400-yard drop is pretty significant for a guy that's played the same number of games. However, he still hit that 1,000-yard mark from the rushing standpoint. But it was another 250 yards shy of what he did uh, the year before, just barely surpassing that 1,000-yard mark. However, his yards per carry, they went down a a, a little over half of a yard, same rushing touchdowns. So, I mean, across the board, he did kind of regress in several areas that made him that QB one or two, depending on your scoring system, uh, in the years before. Uh, Kind of that, yeah, maybe quarterback five or six for me. I like a guy with a little bit higher passing upside. And Lamar Jackson's just not going to give that to you unless he gets on one of those games where the Ravens are hot and he hits some deep shots with Hollywood Brown, which – Really did not happen until, like, the back quarter of the season, the last five, maybe six games, when they got some of that stuff going. Uh, I mean, so Lamar Jackson, yeah, he gives you a really good floor, I guess necessarily not a really good floor, but a decent floor uh, and on a weekly basis with the rushing yards kind of pads and, and makes up for a little bit of the in, uh, inconsistent passing stuff. But one thing I want to point out with him, his on-target percentage was pretty good last year uh, as far as passing the ball. He was His on-target percent was 75.3%, which is within about a percent and a half of what Kyler Murray was doing. Now, he's not as prolific of a passer as Kyler Murray, but Kyler Murray also has a guy named DeAndre Hopkins that makes up for a little bit of uh, you know what he has to do on the field. So I do think Lamar Jackson could progress in the passing game if he got a good possession receiver. I'm just not really sure how much. Everybody around him is kind of these speed guys that he's bombing it to and things like that. And, and, you know, Mark Andrews is a good tight end, not a great tight end. That You know, you're not not your Travis Kelsey guy where he's a mismatch pretty much all the time. If you only had to worry about Mark Andrews and your guys on the back end can handle Hollywood Brown, the Ravens are not going to have a very good day passing the ball without getting somebody with a big body that he can throw to when he's covered, he's open kind of guy. Uh, He needs that if he's going to really take the next step. But I think his ceiling in the passing game is kind of that – 3100 yards mark that we saw the year before which was just kind of an anomaly of a season I think the Ravens were hot the whole year everything they did work and they really had a nice running game going that you really had to had to uh, key on that allowed him to hit a lot more deep shots than he got this year
1: took the words right out of my mouth Billy I mean there's really not too much I can add to that I'm over here looking at all all the numbers and everything like right here uh per FF Spaceman and just all on key. I mean there's really nothing you can say like he just he didn't have a phenomenal year. He had an okay year, right? Uh in PPR formatting, uh he was a quarterback 8, but yeah, half he was a quarterback 10. You look at his rushing per or his rushing's per or his attempts per game and they're kind of Jekyll and Hyde and so is his QBRs and so are his where he finishes per week. He's a, he is either higher than he's either a top 8 quarterback or a bottom quarterback. It's super Jekyll and Hyde. So I want to go back and look at these teams and look at this film. Um, But guys, like Tom mentioned, you guys nailed Lamar. You guys nailed everything. But Tom kind of hinted at something earlier, and I was like, ooh, he must have been in my mind. So, yeah, you let Lamar be the guy, right? Or maybe maybe it was Ryan. You let Lamar be the guy, right? And you let this other kid who's extremely smart – you let him learn the system. Maybe he's learning something different. I don't know. Harbaugh's crazy, right? Big Ten, they dream big over there, right? A former Big Ten quarterback. I don't know if this is gonna play well. This is super unprofessional. But oh wow. Yeah, see look, even my phone's on mute sometimes. Oh my god. <laughs> All right, that's enough of that. So Trace McSorley, though, right? <laughs> he might be the guy that could be the dynasty for this team for Harbaugh, right? Harbaugh knows him. Harbaugh played against him, coached against him. I mean, uh, in college at Penn's, Tom's Penn State that he counts. Go! What, what do they say? We are. We are in debt. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, yeah. You look at these. You look at these numbers in college, and they're phenomenal. As a freshman, one hundred five point four, he busts up to one hundred fifty six point nine and one hundred fifty three or one hundred fifty three point seven his sophomore and junior year uh, at Penn State for a QB rate. Right. I mean, close to thirty five hundred, over thirty five hundred yards both of those sophomore junior seasons. Completion percentage out of this world. His his his, his, was it? His back shoulder throw is phenomenal. Can't be beat, right? Yeah. Back shoulder so, to Juwan. To Jawan, my man. Shout out to
4: Jawan. Here's the quick thing with Trace McSorley in college too. A lot of people are going to put, you know, a lot of his success on having Saquon Barkley in the backfield, which obviously Saquon Barkley, is a monster in the NFL. He was an absolute unit in college, but then he did leave. Yes, he still had Miles Sanders. But guess what? If you're a Big Ten team or an SEC team, you're going to have good players around you. He still plays well on his own, regardless of which players they are. He's able to play with different styles of of player around him. I think he could be maybe not a great quarterback, but if he got the chance to start long term, I would absolutely play him in fantasy.
2: And we saw Trace McSorley... uh, we saw him coming again. I believe it was the Steelers, uh, and Lamar Jackson had thrown a pick on an outside. We talked about this before, where Joe Hayden just kind of hung back and, and came down on him, and Trace McSorley came in, same defense, very similar play, and uh, Joe Hayden tried to make the same thing. McSorley made the read, made the throw down the backside of the field uh, for a big play. So we, we see a guy that's 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 looking at film, knowing what's going on, and he's not just out there going, "Okay, the guy's open, making the throw." He's seeing the whole field, and he's seeing the plays that are there, and and he's taking what's what's available. He's taking what they're giving him.
4: He's smart. It's that Big Ten uh, education. It's not a not no SEC.
3: Just before I, I don't I don't like being the person that poops on the party, but he had no, a thirty you percent. Know. He had a thirty percent completion percentage this year, guys.
1: Stop. Y'all are stop. y'all are getting excited about how the many guy. He it.
3: Had. How many passes was that though? Ten. Okay, so he was
4: three for ten. I'm aware. When you watch yeah. that Steelers game, but, it was but two all or three
1: attempts drop. aren't weren't the same, Ryan. They're not created equal. Mm-hmm. I don't, have you watched those ten snaps?
3: You're, well, it is true. So because, we don't have
1: enough evidence to properly. Dissect these 10 plays
3: No, but the small sample size is not pretty Well Ryan, go watch the
4: film And that small sample size gets I'm not saying it's brilliant But for your first 10 pass attempts in the league It's a lot better than the stats look
3: I get it But, I mean, Lamar's already there If I wanted 30%, we'll I'd get Lamar
4: is out and he can't run for 1,000 yards And he throws for 1,516 games
3: We'll see I'm not a big Lamar fan. All right.
4: Pinto
1: or is it Pinto or Ryan? I think it's Pinto here. Buffalo Bills, right? My bad. I was I was tapping it over the cap. I wanted to see when Lamar's contract was over type deal. Maybe one of y'all know that off the top of your head, Tom. Maybe you know that. Yeah. <laughs> Next year is his fourth year, and then he's got a fifth year option after that. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, we go to, in PPR formatting, the quarterback one, 1.01, where I week in and week out watching this cat, I had to eat crow, guys. Everyone at home just know I had to sit there and watch Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills just tear it up with Stephon Diggs all year long and my co-hosts, my boys we talk about football all the time, told me Chris just look at this cat look at what they've done with him he's gonna ascend this year they called it I want to say it was during our quarterbacks and tight ends maybe it was during week two one of those weeks we'll find out Ethan our intern is gonna find out all these dates and everything like that for us but my guys told me Chris you're sleeping on Josh Allen and I said no y'all are silly I'm the silly one because every week I gotta look at this kid being a top 10 quarterback and now finishing as a quarterback one at the end of the fantasy season from Wyoming. I mean, geez, right? Like who, I want to, I want to say the story on this kid was like, he sent his tape into like a hundred different schools and only one of them sent a, yeah, I want to say one of you guys told me that and I was like, what? So he's got the heart, right? He's meant for this team. He's going to be the guy there. There's no one else on this team that's going to be Josh Allen. He's the he's the dude for the next he, like ten twenty years, however long he wants to play in Buffalo. They're going to let him play there. Um, I mean, y'all are going to talk about the numbers, so I'm going to let y'all dive into it.
4: Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong on heart. Like you said, the dude sent messages to I don't know hundred colleges, whatever the number was. It was a, a very large amount of schools. And like you said, he got one offer coming out of JUCO, Wyoming. He took it and guess what? He played well there. And a lot of people had similar criticisms to him as they did Carson Wentz coming into the league, coming from a, sc- a small school, similar size guys that six, five or so, you know, two pounds, um, you know, plays with grit in this small school and looks good, but can that translate to the league? And I think Josh Allen, your first year, especially a lot of people were like, uh, this was not a good choice. Uh, year one, put up a 52.8 completion percentage, which really just kind of went right into what everyone said coming out of colleges. This guy cannot throw with accuracy year two. He came out a little bit better, uh 58.8% completion percentage, a good increase there you know, about 6%. But then he came out this year. And if this guy is not at least, at least runner up for MVP, I'm going to be appalled because this man went from a 58.8% completion percentage to 69.2%. is elite levels of a completion percentage. That is Drew Brees level. That is like among the most accurate passers we've seen in this league. Completion percentage. From a guy who everyone questioned his accuracy. Everyone questioned his abilities. And he showed up. And by the way, Buffalo's a good team. Don't get me wrong. Yes, he has Stephon Diggs. But you had a running game that really didn't get going this whole year. Like you have some good running backs, but they're not great. They they weren't dominating people at the line of scrimmage. Their offensive line wasn't winning battles, play in and play out. You don't have a great tight end. You have a good young tight end that needs to develop. So with, you know, average or slightly above average weapons across the board, in my opinion, Josh Allen did the most this year. I think he carried that team more than I think Aaron Rodgers did which probably a little bit of a bold take but I mean it's I I, th- I really think he was a much more valuable player to his team than
0: anybody else in the league this year. The
3: Yeah, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that he had eight touchdowns on the ground and 421 yards. You know what's crazy, and I didn't realize this until not long ago, is his 4.1 yards per carry average on the ground is a career low. So first and foremost, that's impressive that 4-1 is his career low. Uh, Eight is also tied for his career low in rushing touchdowns. We actually saw a down year rushing for Josh Allen, believe it or not. Although he did have one catching, uh, one receiving touchdown as well. But and PPR. yeah, exactly. It was only one catch, but it was a touchdown for 12 yards. But it's uh, like eight points. I think what you saw this year moving forward, unless they get a mega star running back, is going to be Allen's floor. And even if they get, as far as running the ball goes, and if they get a stud running back, you can just subtract about three touchdowns and maybe 50 yards from that but you're still looking at a guy who's really keep keeping himself safe with that floor. But re- yeah, what y'all talked about with his uh, completion percentage is just mind boggling. Y- you also can't think that at 24, he's done improving uh, seeing what he's done this year, looking moving forward. I mean, if we can use that as a baseline, obviously there's no way on earth that he can make that kind of a jump again. Nobody's thrown for 80% completion percentage, but you know, what What happens if he makes just a couple percentage points jumps and it's at 73 next year? You just think about, like, this guy re- really, really is not done improving. Uh, so that should be scary for most of the league. Uh, on the other side, I think you undersell their weapons just slightly because Diggs is really good, and I do like Davis. I like John Brown when healthy is dangerous. Beasley is probably the best slot receiver in the league when, um, when you talk about a guy that plays slot full-time and doesn't just utilize the slot position as another way to get him open. But um, the run game is a real problem. But that's why Allen is so valuable, because the run game is a problem. So if they want to be better, they should get a running back. But if you want to have Josh Allen Fantasy God show up, you hope they show up with Singletary and Moss again next year, and you'll get Fantasy God Josh Allen. Uh, the yeah. other guys... Sorry, Matt Barkley. I hate Matt Barkley, and I just had to say that. P- please go ahead.
2: Yeah, I'm Wait, right with you. The
3: almost got released from the team. Sorry, Billy. I don't mean to interrupt, too. Oh,
2: you
4: we forgot Jake Fromm that almost got released for some really inappropriate text messages. Yeah, whatever, Jake.
2: Jake from State Farm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm right with you, Ryan, on those rushing stats. He's had eight rushing touchdowns, or eight or nine, in each of his three seasons now. Even though that floor is kind of coming down on the total, I think that's kind of a testament to his ascension in the passing game. And here's why. When you don't have a guy like Stephon Diggs who's, who's a go-to receiver, you're playing with guys that maybe aren't very good matchups with someone's number one corner where Diggs, you know, is going to win that battle more often than not. And he puts him in a position where he can make a read, maybe second, maybe third. We saw uh, Dawson Knox kind of starting to come alive later in the season uh, more than we had seen in the earlier season. These guys are all developing around Josh Allen, and they all really love to play with this guy. But the thing I noticed most about Josh Allen in just the running game alone, it's a lot less him just taking off the run. It's a little more, okay, the defense was in the right play. Where's the opening down the field? And every time he rips off a run, it seems like he's getting 12 or 15 yards and just a little bit, a little gash to get that first down right when you thought you had him you know, in a third and long situation. He's, he's more reading the defense and taking what's there. Uh, and being more effective as a runner, uh, kind of like a Mahomes might do, maybe not as often, but that's when you see him take off. As when, oh, there's nothing here. I'm out of the pocket. There's 12 yards. Go get it. And the guy is a lot faster than he should be for a guy with that size. I mean, he looks like a gazelle just running down the sideline, and you're like, whoa, he just rolled right by a linebacker over there. That was in relatively good position. But as far as the passing game goes, you guys hit it on the head, 69% completions. For a guy coming out of college, that was really the only knock anybody had on him. was, oh, his completion percentage though—it's in the 50s. Uh, and then he—he kind of, you know, kept that narrative at first and second season in the NFL way down there. This year, only one game until the Kansas City game, one game during the regular season where he was under 60% completions. That just shows how consistent he was being up there in that mid 60s uh, in that range. And his on-target percent—nearly 80% of his passes were on target. So that, that's one thing we can talk about, Diggs, and all the help. But, hey, not all those uh, you know 550-ish uh, pass attempts are going to Stefan Diggs. So, I mean, he's on target and hitting guys that are open, and the ball's where it's supposed to be a lot of the time. So I'm really impressed with Josh Allen. But to Ryan's point that this is kind of his floor, I really think it is. Because as these guys start to develop around him, we're going to start seeing an offense that has similar capability. Uh, and we kind of already did. They were second in the NFL in points uh scored this season per game and a little over 30 points per game but this is going to be an offense similar to kansas city it's like you have to find a way to keep these guys off the field because they're going to score especially as all these guys around him keep developing and cole beasley you know that's a guy that we've seen have, have big games and disappear a little bit this year he really didn't disappear you really saw him third and seven third and five all the big moments oh there's beasley making a play Josh Allen knows how to use the guys around him. They're playing really hard for him. If this team gets a running back, especially a running back that he can utilize for dump offs and and scrambles and, and these kind of option routes to keep a guy underneath coverage right in his face, just in case things downfield aren't there, that Josh Allen is gonna. Josh, this guy's his ceiling is crazy good. And I think we really just started to scratch the surface. I mean, look at the playoff running, man. He beat a really good Colts defense. The Ravens are a really good defense and a relatively powerful offense. They didn't look their best in that playoff game. However, beating these teams in the playoffs, these are not gimmies. These are not teams that were in the playoffs on accident. These are really good defenses that he went out and did what he had to do. And I think this team's going to keep getting better. The guys around him believe in him, and that's a really, really big part of it. And, man, I just he's, – he's a – really fun guy to watch. I forget the exact number, but 40, I think he, 43 touchdowns this season, uh, only 12 interceptions and none in the red zone. No turnovers in the red zone. That's huge for a guy that our big knock on him was efficiency. Because this year he was extremely efficient.
4: There's 37 passing, eight rushing touchdowns.
2: 44. I mean, incredible numbers for a guy that, you know, yeah, Aaron Rodgers may win the MVP because everybody loves, you know, Aaron Rodgers and these guys, but, if you take Aaron Rodgers off the Packers and take Josh Allen off the Bills, the Bills are in much worse shape, in my opinion.
4: Yeah. Quick interesting note. This season alone, in the top 25 uh, you know, ranking for completion percentage in a season, we had four quarterbacks in the top 25 of all time. We had Aaron Rodgers uh, came in at number six all time, Drew Brees at number nine all time, Deshaun Watson at 14, and Josh Allen at number 25. So this was a season for incredible, incredible air attacks.
1: It's just crazy. I mean, you think about it, and you, after we were talking about it, right, Josh Allen is just scratching the surface like you all mentioned, right? Does he, he obviously, in my mind right now after talking about him, has the highest floor or um, the highest ceiling for next year. His floor is extremely safe because, like Ryan mentioned, this was his worst year rushing. So this guy right here could be – I mean as a dynasty asset, what, top 3 as a redraft top 4 for next year, especially if they get a running back in the draft or during this free agency pool that's just got a slew of running backs, right? I mean any real running back helps him, right?
3: Yeah, when you we talk dynasty, I look at him as QB2. Uh
1: Mahomes Allen
3: Huh? Kyler?
2: I agree. I agree.
3: I, I, I have him over Kyler. I think he's progressed farther along. And weirdly he's way area is way cooler. I, I understand what you're saying, but I think that Josh Allen is the better athlete in, like, durability. It's going to be harder for him to get injured than it is to, for Kyler. So I like that. And and as he just that's showed, funny. you know, he just diced up the league accurately. So I fear no. Oh, that's no. what I was
1: going to say, too. I'm sorry to interrupt you. But the one thing is, I don't think it's his efficiency; it's his decision making. But we saw his decision making progress this year. So year three, wow, we like if he just doesn't. Where'd Ryan go? Wild, gone. <laughs> but uh,
2: right? He didn't like, didn't want
1: to talk about it anymore. He's like, I'm, I'm I'm really,
2: look at the couple plays he made like uh, against the Chiefs. He was going out of bounds. Had gotten shoved kept his feet off the ground to get rid of the ball to throw it away instead of taking that big loss on what would have been a pretty imperative play as they got down the red zone. I think the ball would have been at like the 10, 11-yard line. Instead after that, they were like the six. That's a really big difference when you're trying to punch it in in a big game. So you're seeing the game is slowing down for him. His thought process is ahead of the play right now. I mean, he's really impressed me, guys. I'm, I'm right with Brian. I mean, Mahomes has to be your number one quarterback in Dynasty. But Josh Allen, he's right there in the conversation, and he's there fast.
4: Brian, I didn't think you wanted to talk about our next team. I thought you left. (laughs) I don't know what just happened. God?
3: (laughs) 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 Who knows? All right, so I'm talking about this next team, the Carolina Panthers. Man, I came into the season hating Teddy Bridgewater. I really did. I don't know how much I'll remember, but I hate you. And then by about by about week, uh, I'd say week six or seven, I was like, you know what? I might not have been exactly right on him. And I think I remember I picked him up on a streaming team for one league, like a, a, a guillotine league. I'm
1: hoping it was week four.
3: No, it wasn't. It was later on in the year when I finally acknowledged, "Okay, this guy doesn't suck."
1: Boy Andy was I
3: wrong. Boy was I wrong. The last 5 games, he had a 62.96 completion percentage, which credit where credit is due, he was relatively accurate for most of the year, so he's not going to get docked on that from me. For 11:81, which is subpar, but nothing that like is fireable, but then a 2 to 4 touchdown to interception ratio. Uh, on those last five games. And he was really, really touchdown week this year. Like it's remarkable to me. He threw 15 touchdowns guys. Uh, Like it feels Lamar Jackson-esque with that yardage, 15 touchdowns. Like how many quarterbacks threw more than 15 touchdowns? It's more than 32 of them. Cause you got guys like Fitzpatrick and then Tua, you got guys like Foles and Trubisky I'm telling you a couple of these teams have two. I don't know if that got to 15, but it's it's crazy. 15 is unacceptable. Now, he did show that he was capable on the ground. He had uh five rushing touchdowns and almost 280 yards rushing, uh 5.3 yards per attempt. So that actually was a pleasant surprise and that's when I started to think that maybe I was wrong, but no, I wasn't wrong. He's not very good. So, for me, they have issues at quarterback and they just signed Teddy to a long deal. So they're going to be in a situation. And I do believe they can cut him like two years in, right? Something along those lines. They don't need to worry about that. I'll, I'll wait till my turn here. But they okay. Okay. On, <laughs> on the other side, I know there's. I there's think all P- three team. of us are
1: like right here on this.
3: <laughs> yeah. There's some PJ. There's some PJ Walker love. I know. I've, obviously, if that's what y'all were talking about, then. I know there's P.J. Walker love here, so I'm going to leave it. Uh, Will Greer doesn't need to be talked about. And then, again, Tommy Stevens was a guy that I didn't really realize existed very much until I made this list. So I think Carolina has some problems at quarterback, and I'm not talking about Walker, who I'm indifferent on right now. I'm talking about Bridgewater as a starting quarterback. I don't think he's a top-half
0: guy, and I think that can be problematic. The
1: Whoever's yeah, but, next needs to talk. Put some respect on the man's name, Tommy Stevens, Ryan. I am going to say, Tommy
4: Stevens. <laughs>
2: <laughs> He's in the I, I, Trace McSnorley song. Come on, man. Yeah, Ryan, I'm, I'm right here with you on this. Starting out the year, you know, we heard later into the season that, hey, you know, this guy's sixth in yards, and you're going, whoa, Teddy Bridgewater. But you go look at the stats. And this year for him was really kind of mirrored what his rookie uh, season was. One more touchdown. One more interception. He did have about 800 more yards, but look at the talent around him. That's a pretty talented uh, Carolina team as far as receivers go. They've got three pretty damn good wide receivers, and one guy that's a that's a wide receiver one and Robbie Anderson who had a career year there, and Curtis Samuel is kind of the odd man out that a lot of teams would love to add to their wide receiver room. However, when I watch Teddy, I just there's just something to be desired. It, you know, he leaves a lot there in my opinion. I, I don't love Teddy. I don't hate Teddy. But if you're the Carolina Panthers, you know, he's a good-for-now quarterback, in my opinion. But they can't wait a whole lot longer. Once they get Christian McCaffrey back with these wide receivers, there's high expectations for this offense and a lot of these guys. So I, I feel like they stick with them while they have to. Uh, but when draft season comes, they're definitely weighing their options, and quarterbacks are going to be higher on their board than some of these teams that have guys a little bit better. I mean, 3,700 yards, that's pretty good. But 15 touchdowns to 11 interceptions – I just can't get with that, you guys. Uh, The completion percentage, really good, 69.1%. But we know that Teddy's been a relatively accurate passer, and his on-target percentage is just over 80%. So he is an accurate passer. However, he kind of has that Alex Smith syndrome where he doesn't rip it downfield that often. And with with guys like uh, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, Robbie Anderson, these are all guys that stretch the field. There should be a lot of deep shots in this offense. And when Christian McCaffrey gets back, I feel like that's just going to be a crutch and him continuing to kind of that, that uh, slow pimp in it, that little dump-off stuff. And it's going to really kind of cap you know, what we're going to see as far as yardage totals, in my opinion, with Teddy. I'm not a guy I really want in fantasy unless I'm in a rough spot and have to have a guy. He does have a decent floor for you, uh, but very few weeks is he going to be in that uh, QB1 range. And I'm not sure he had... Uh, any games with three touchdowns, and he did not have any games of three touchdown passes. So little to be desired there, especially for the surrounding talent.
1: So first and foremost, Teddy Bridgewater was very underwhelming this year. Tom, I'm sorry for your boy, but it's a Matt Rule offense. CMC is coming back healthy next year. I don't care who's throwing the ball who's behind center I want the quarterback for the CMC offense because you know CMC is gonna get his next year um besides that though right Teddy Bridgewater did have flashes this year right what I mentioned week what week four he was the quarterback four and then week nine he was the quarterback six week 14 the quarterback nine so serviceable in DFS May, for this year right next year I think it's gonna be better for the quarterback in Carolina. Who will be Teddy Bridgewater? So I think he will. He'll be more efficient. He'll score more touchdowns. The, the whole offense is just going to change, right? When CMC is available. But speaking of Matt Rule, he went out and got his boy Robbie Anderson. He went out and got his quarterback from Temple. The Owls go Owls. PJ Philip Walker, baby. I'm talking about the Houston. Roughnecks quarterback from the XFL. We're talking 1,300 yards, 104.4 quarterback rating. He only had four interception guys and 15 touchdowns. The XFL is still football, right? He's a quarterback, and he's a player. Six feet tall, 207 pounds. Matt Rule knows him. Matt Rule could have anybody he wants as his backup. He chose his college quarterback, who paired with his wide receiver one, Robbie Anderson. I I just like the narrative, right? I just like it a lot. So, P.J. Walker, man, I mean, he he was uh, quarterback one in the XFL. So, you got to like his hustle. You got to like his mentality. And you got to know that he's going to – he's going to – Like Matt Rule knows him, he knows Matt Rule. So he's going to know how to get on the field when he has that opportunity. I like whatever quarterback Matt Rule decides to go with this year. Chris, you know what you got to hate, though?
4: That one touchdown to five interception ratio that P.J. Walker had this year.
1: Not worried about it. Not worried about
4: it. We want to talk about small sample size for Trace McSorley. I didn't. that's your boy Ryan. Oh no no no! I, I'm talking <laughs> in general. On 56 passing attempts, Philip Walker had a 57 percent completion percentage, one Look, touchdown, and five interceptions. He only
1: watched the he only watched a theater right. version of any given Sunday. He didn't watch the director's cut. where at the end, Robert, or I'm sorry, at the at the at the end of a. Uh, wow, hold on. Let me gather my wits real quick. At the end of the uncut director's edition of any given Sunday, Jamie Foxx gets signed to the new Arizona team. So he didn't watch that one.
3: (laughs) I also want to say, guys, for anybody who thinks that Carolina Teddy Bridgewater is going to throw more touchdowns, 15 was his career best. In one, two, three, four. All right, I won't count that year. 6 years. His old career best was 14. Well, he's been in the league for 7 years, but one year he was totally out. He didn't play in any games. If you're including 2017, he only played in one game, and if
4: you're including yeah, I'm not. That's 7 years. He only started one game in 2018.
3: Right. He started 14, 15, 18 he had 5 games, 19 and 20. Where are you getting your numbers? For games started for Teddy. No Rich's games. Life. Games played, not games started. Sorry. Okay. Games played. I mean, he played in five in 2018. But what I'm saying is,
2: I'm say in the games still- he played in
3: double-digit games, he's only had 14, 14, and 15. He's remarkably consistent, guys. Like expecting something else is on you. If you think how that many you- games
1: did CMC play this year?
3: So what 14. are you going to get? Sixteen. Like, I'm gonna get
1: twenty.
4: My, can I make my points now? Go I haven't gotten to talk about my boy Teddy Bridgewater. I held my tongue, like <laughs> disrespecting my man Teddy Bridgewater.
2: Teddy needs to send you an autographed jersey, Tom. Right, oh. yeah, I, need, I
4: need a Teddy Bridgewater jersey. I need either Teddy
3: or Minshew, or I you know oh, mean, mean like, like
2: half and half. Teddy? Yeah, yeah, like I get a split jersey. Like I, I'm
3: gonna get you a Hallie Roseman suit.
4: God, please don't.
3: <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater,
4: right? We just talked. We just finished talking about Josh Allen, who was 25th all time for season completion percentage. Teddy Bridgewater was one tenth of a percent off of that. One tenth of a percent, right? He was tied for 28 because there's a couple guys that were tied for 25th, right? he had a 69.1% completion percentage 3700 passing yards all right so you talked about yes he had 15 passing touchdowns i get it that's not fantastic you include his five rushing touchdowns it totals 20 all you know overall form no it's not incredible numbers for a quarterback as far as touchdowns are concerned you do need that number to go up And I think that next year with CMC, that number does. I think you guys all kind of hit it on the head. CMC needs to be in that offense. Mike Davis, I saw uh, Scott Davis, uh, probably one of his cousins over here in the comments, saying how, yeah, he was good, but he's not CMC. And that's true. CMC, one of the best running backs in the league. I don't think anybody doubts that. So looking at that, 20 touchdowns for Teddy. You had 11 between the two running backs. Uh, I'm not even looking to see if any of the other running backs had him off the top of my head here, but it's I think that you're gonna see a slightly changed offense moving into next year between Joe Brady and you know this Panthers offense. And I'll tell you what, it's not gonna have Philip frickin' Walker in it because he's gonna throw 37 touchdowns to two or excuse me, 37 interceptions to two touchdowns if you bring him in for 16 games. Um but no, Teddy Bridgewater you're going to see very similar completion percentage and yardage next year with I'd bet you're getting at least 20 passing touchdowns and probably around that same five rushing touchdowns for him next year, which I will gladly take as a high-end QB2 in a super flex or a two-quarterback league, where depending on how quarterbacks are being drafted, I would gladly start that as a low-end QB1 if I can just – pump up my running backs and receivers by taking him later
3: that would have made him qb 14 uh
4: tom i'm very cool with a qb 14 is my qb1 if i'm able to get him late because guess what a lot of people are sleeping on teddy bridgewater
3: for good reason he's sleepy Did you, that- also with the 20 touchdowns he had 17 turnovers 11 picks and six fumbles so his score to Turnover ratio is not that great either. Like how how long until they move on from him? I mean, okay, to be fair, he gets a year with CMC. Nobody's going to take that. But then if he doesn't do well again, so here's
4: the thing: I don't think that you consider it as not doing well. A guy that's completing seventy percent of his passes for thirty seven hundred yards isn't doing badly. It's just a matter of why isn't the offense getting into the end zone? And I'll be honest, I need to watch more film on it to figure out exactly what the cause was. Was it just that they were handing it off to these running backs, or was it something that it's just out of his hands? They're you know stalling out in the red zone because if you're just going out, is it the quarterback play? Because based on those completion percentages and you know things like that, he's completing passes. Why aren't you getting in there,
1: right? And to be Where, fair, in a super flex league. He's your QB too, no, no doubt about it. I mean, he's got value. He, there's value to be had, and to everyone's point, right with CMC for the next year, he has a a huge upside.
3: Yeah. All right. So, just I know I'm. This is a tiny bit skipping out, but you're good. You feel that way about Teddy Bridgewater? How do you feel about Derek Carr?
2: I like I like like Marcus Mariota. No, I'm saying. Do you feel
3: like because Derek Carr beats him in almost every way, uh, except for this year he just got beat by him in completion percentage. Carr had sixty seven point three. So I mean, last year he threw for seventy point four. He's been over 4,000
1: yards. And, and he has twenty
3: seven TDs to nine interceptions. He also had three on the ground as well. Henry
1: Ruggs is third. Yeah, so I had
4: three. really like Derek Carr. I'm not going to lie. I think that a lot of people give him a lot of trash and it's not really deserved. I think r- the Raiders don't win as many games as they should. I think that you see a pretty p- piss poor defense there. We t- I, Every time I can think back to talking about a matchup for the Raiders this year, we're anticipating a shootout because their defense sucks and Derek Carr will sling the ball. It's not a Derek Carr issue out there. I, I think there's a, a good number of teams out there that the quarterback might not be the issue, but quarterback always is the one that takes the blame. Believe me, I see that personally on a daily basis.
3: Yeah, for sure, Philly. I,
2: I do it's, think Teddy Bridgewater is probably going to be training his backup this year, especially with the out with the contract going into 2022. He'll have $5 million in dead cap and get to move on from him. Depending on how that rookie performs, Teddy may not make it through the whole season as a starter because this team may not win that many games.
4: So yeah. I'm not going to lie. That was going to be my last point on the Panthers here. I've seen a couple mock drafts. I don't think it's an insane thing to say having them take Zach Wilson from BYU. I don't necessarily think it's the best pick for them. I think that you could use it on depending on who's there, either uh, Penay Sewell, the uh, offensive tackle, or possibly on defense, a guy like Micah Parsons, if he somehow drops to eight, or Patrick Sertain, you could really sure up that defense that you lost Luke Keekley you lost uh, I don't know. On his name, but you lost another uh, cornerback out there. They could use assurance on defense, and that would help this offense incredibly if you're able to stop teams short, if you're able to get turnovers you might be able to put Teddy Bridgewater in a better position instead of 15 touchdowns. Now it's 20 because you have shorter fields. I think that if you're going to take a quarterback, it's a good fit for, uh, for Zach Wilson, but I'd rather see it go defense if I'm if I'm Carolina.
3: Yeah. And all I was trying to point out, Scott was that I'd rather have Derek Carr than Teddy Bridgewater. And I think that not a lot of people feel that way. And I think they should, especially in fantasy. I think they're actually very comparable quarterbacks. Yeah, except I one has like very similar. Ten like more touchdowns. I think that
4: you can attribute that to a, a different style of offense as well, though. Fair, but, but he's got some partially. I'm not saying that that's a, a clear line, but it's.
1: I mean, I we're, we're dancing around it. the elephant in the room, guys. John Gruden's offense runs through Darren Waller, the tight end. The number two tight end in the league, who is just like Travis Kelsey, who is a wide receiver in a tight end's body, and those passes are efficient. So Derek Carr is very efficient with Darren Waller. Josh Jacobs also ascended this year and had, what, 46, 45 receptions. I don't even know the targets, but I know those are efficient as well from Derek Carr versus Teddy Bridgewater, who had Mike Davis, who played out of his mind this year, right? Who you got to give everything to him? But who was who? Who was the safety blanket for Teddy Bridgewater? DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. Now so he team.
4: has good receivers, I think that you need to scheme it a little bit differently with CMC back. And as much as I really wanted to push for Ian Thomas this year to have a big season. I wasn't going
1: to say I, anything. I was, all thinking.
4: I, know, <laughs> I, know. I was trying to speak it into existence. It didn't happen. But if you got in a tight end, and that's the other thing, uh, Kyle Pitts, if you really want to push for an offense, bring in a guy like that, bring in a tight end that now you have receivers, a running back, and a tight end. And it, guess what? If Teddy Bridgewater doesn't make it work, okay, great. You're looking for a new quarterback next year, and you still have the weapons around him.
2: And one last thing, too, to your point there, Tom, with the receivers, you know, not to shit on DJ Moore, but if DJ Moore is your number one wide receiver, uh, there's part of that skill set kind of missing to be that guy that you rely on for the 120, 140 target type guys. You know, he's more of a deep threat than he is a you know third and eight. You can go to him all the time, guy, like we talked about earlier. So I do feel like there are you know a little bit of deficiencies in that offense as far as scheme can go when all three of your guys are deep threat guys.
1: Yeah, guys, we nailed that. I'm pretty sure we go back and look at that in a little bit. But last week I mentioned Tom was so hot right out the dryer, a little Fort Minor tune. But, uh, guys, I think Tom has been blowing up all season. I don't know, especially with the first snow, Ryan, that Texas has had in how many years, like a legit snow Tom brought the weather down to Texas. He was so cold. It was so, it's so hot. It was cold. Like dry ice. It was so cold. Tom, what kind of cold takes you got these weeks?
4: Look, man, you got to make sure you got the shades on from spy spy optics. One of our brand new sponsors. You got to bring out the coolers to keep yourself cool from Yeti. Yeah. Yeti coolers. You know them. That's one of our newest sponsors guys. So we got some links that we're going to put uh, on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, on that YouTube page that we created. All our videos are going to be posted on there. We'll make sure we have the links on there for you guys. Um, Any purchases through those links help us out greatly. But with the hot takes this week, we're going into the Chicago Bears, who as of now have Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles, right? I'm not going to go into Tyler Breyer, Kyle Slaughter. It's irrelevant. Neither Nick Foles or Mitch Trubisky is going to be on the team next year. They're trading up in the first round to take a quarterback. And if I really had to guess, I think it's Trey Lance, North Dakota State. I think that they want that guy with grit. They saw what Carson Wentz, we're going to leave 2020 out of it. They saw what Carson Wentz did out of that school. You got a similar style player. A little, more, a little more legs on Trey Lance, though. He can run. They see. We see the Bears trade up, take Trey Lance, and we see him take this team to the playoffs within two years. Maybe not first year, but within two years. He's in the playoffs.
3: I think uh, Trey Lance is a little raw. So I think it might take longer. I'm not off of him or anything. I just think that... With the limited film I've seen from him so far, he's a guy that needs a lot of refinement. Uh, What's I mean, coming out of North Dakota State? I thought he was slightly more finished. Uh, a little more polished in the pocket. That guy's so athletic that he, he gets to rely on it a little too much. And some of those habits he's going to have to try to break about like pocket presence. There's nothing that can't be fixed or changed. That's but funny. some of those habits are tough to...
1: Like Lamar's first year
3: Yeah, that's what I mean Yeah, like Lamar's first year was rough Exactly Okay, Look at
4: Carson's first year And then look at Carson's second year A.K.A. 2016 And then 2017 The, uh, you know, MVP run Leading a team to the one seed yeah, Talk about the backup for the Bears right now And how he impacted that season
3: <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, if that was the case Wouldn't we be drafting every uh, Michigan quarterback Or every Tennessee quarterback after Peyton Manning? Like, that has little less to do with uh, the quarterbacks themselves. Uh, but back onto, onto uh, topic here, the Bears, Mitch Trubisky, Nick Foles, and not the other guys. Nick Foles is going to be a perennial backup for the rest of his life. He should have a long career and make a lot of money doing it. Uh, good for you, Nick. The best backup Mitch, ever. Mitch, yeah, I don't know if he's going to still be in Chicago, by the way, but. He will be a backup in the NFL, and he'll be making a better salary at some point soon. Uh, Not better, but more team-friendly. Trubisky showed me enough to really want to know. So I think he may be on the roster next year. But when I say they may bring in competition, I don't mean competition. I mean, if they're going to bring somebody in, it's going to be a Stafford or a Dak, or they're going to draft somebody really early, like you said. They're not bringing competition in for Trubisky. They're either running with Trubisky or they're replacing Trubisky. Uh, To me, I am intrigued. I want to see more. Um, I'd like to see Nagy gone to see what Trubisky would look like outside that system. But, again, I know enough about Nick Foles now to know that if you get injured in the playoffs, somebody go get Nick Foles. But outside that, he's not very good. Trubisky has some legs he has the this potential that I mean I think we've all seen at some point we're like whoa okay that guy might be able to be really good at some point point." and I just keep seeing enough flashes to think he might just be a late bloomer and we might be seeing a better version of him next year we'll see
4: I think you're right but it's going to be somewhere else it might be but there's not that many places I think there are more than you think by the way as far as Michigan quarterback uh quarterbacks Chad Henney was the best quarterback from Michigan uh, since Tom Brady, and the best from Tennessee since Peyton Manning uh, is Josh Dobbs. Golly. That's why we don't
3: take every quarterback from Tennessee and Michigan. You know what? I'm not taking Trey Lance after hearing that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm with you guys on Nick Foles. Obviously, he won't be a bear. That that, uh, experiment kind of failed for them uh, in the capacity that they tried to work it out. I could see Foles heading back to Kansas City and hanging out behind Mahomes. Mahomes had a couple injuries, and, you know, it's always like, uh-oh, who's the backup here? And, hey, if Nick Foles was going to that game against the Browns instead of Chad Henning, um, would have been a much different ending to that game. Now, like, I'm not sure. They probably still would have thrown it on fourth and inches, which is insane to me still. But Nick Foles is a serviceable guy that plays his best football. When you throw him in, like, uh-oh, Nick, go. And he goes in and just plays his, plays his game. He knows the offense. That's kind of his his uh, his tree of coaching, stick with it. And, you know, Andy Reid kind of kept him even playing football. So uh, I'd like to see him end up in Kansas City, backing him up, uh, Mahomes there. And, you know, kind of holding the clipboard, kind of being that, uh, that other mind in the quarterback room, uh, helping make game plans and stuff like that. So, like you said, he's going to have a long career, sitting behind really talented guys, just being a good influence in the quarterback room. And he's a hell of a guy. So, you know, it, teams want to have this guy on the roster, but I'm with Ryan on this as far as uh, Mitchell Trubisky uh, goes. I want to see more at the back end of this this uh, season. There's only one game where he was under 68% completions, and it was like 65 his last six games. Now the yardage and touchdowns may not be there. He's serviceable running the ball, not fantastic, but he does get it done. And from a fantasy perspective, he had some decent games down the backstretch. Now, one big factor that the, the Bears really got the whole offense going at the end of the year. David Montgomery came came in the year underwhelming back half of the year, really picked it up and turned into a real asset. They had a legitimate running game. Now, if Mitchell Trubisky has a good running game to help support him and it's not all on his plate, I think we could see him develop without having all the pressure of that whole offense on him. I mean, this Matt Nagy, Andy Reid, Doug Peterson offense isn't the easiest to grasp, and it's going to take time. And maybe Trubisky, it, we're seeing experience. I mean, this is a guy that only started one season in college, and that was kind of the knock on him coming out is, you know, uh, you know, he only have one season really playing and starting under center. So I think some of the slow development is maybe a testament to this is just a guy that doesn't have a lot of experience. But when he did get thrown back in the game, the Bears won a lot more games. They made the playoffs, and he played pretty well against the Saints. Now, the numbers weren't crazy, but he didn't turn the ball over. And that's a really good start for a kid like Mitchell Trubisky, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I think Mitchell Trubisky was a little shortchanged this year um, with David Montgomery. That I mean, we all saw that groin. Like, that was just so bad, like, just. The dude was just having fun at practice and slipped, right? And he was like, God, out for what, six, seven weeks, back to hundred percent like week nine or something like that, or after their bye week. But yeah, I mean, the Bears still turned out one of the only, I guess, five tandems of wide receiver and tight end or wide receiver and running back to go over a thousand yards in Monty and Allen Robinson the second. So I wanna I wanna see more from Mitch next year, right? I don't I think he's still on the roster. Uh, I think he's the guy up until they do bring in Trey Lance because Trey Lance has been touted by this Midwest, the Monsters of Midwest, right, for the Monsters of Midway, I'm sorry, for for a while, right? Um, The dude is from there. He's gritty. He knows how to do it. But, yeah, he needs about a year on the bench, right? If something really crazy would happen uh, would be that the Bears would get rid of both, right, Trubisky and Foles, bringing – it's magic. He hasn't been on this team yet, so why not? And <laughs> the Harvard grad helps out Trey Lance, something like that, right? That's really all I got for the Chicago Bears. I really don't want to talk about it too much. This is a dumpster fire outside of Monty and A. Rob for me. I mean, I guess Cole Komet, really good safety blanket, really good. You know, he's gonna be probably a bright spot yeah. here in Dynasty. Yeah. I am sure. Uh, Ryan and Billy, God dang, Tom, they just exploded the screen, like, oh, tight end. You are talking about tight end, shit. but I guess that leads me to this golly I I don't know really what to think about Joe Burrow in Cincinnati I watched him personally with my father-in-law, my brother-in-law and my nephew at Kyle Field for that seven overtime game which was freaking phenomenal Kellen Mon, Jimbo just showing poise but Joe Burrow too and that offense was just Joe Burrow was just very poised during the game, and you could see how much it hurt him losing that game. He's a player. You can see how much this year hurt him uh, by not being out there for his franchise. Next year, dude, this kid is going to light it on fire. T. Higgins is going to ascend next year. This offensive line is going to get better. When is – guys, when is Joe Mixon going to be a top five guy? Come on, like cool, – going? Cool. I mean, wow. Like, he's got all the intangibles which we just can't put together. It's so crazy. I don't understand it. It's wild. Joe Burrow, though, everyone else on this team is just his backup. They're just depth for me. Um, I want you guys to tell me why Joe Burrow should still be my Dynasty top five guy. And then Superflex, obviously, Superflex, he's probably what? QB two all day, like right, right there by Teddy and all those guys, right? Maybe even higher. Yeah. I mean,
4: here's the, the thing that makes Joe Burrow such a highly ranked quarterback aside from simply his ability, because we've seen Joe Burrow succeed even at the NFL level with a crap offensive line, which is the whole reason he got hurt. Right? Can we all agree it's because Cincinnati doesn't care about
1: offensive line?
4: Didn't do you it. never wants want
1: to say it, but yeah. Like, you never want to say that about your offensive line, but like, and, go ahead, you guys.
4: It's not their fault. Like, I'm not going to put it on the offensive linemen themselves. It's it's not like somebody maliciously didn't block to get Joe Hur- Joe Burrow hurt. It's just that the level of play that these guys bring is not that like, starting NFL caliber team, right? So. Um, what really gives Joe Burrow the edge is the receivers around him, right? You have T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, two young, young receivers that are just going to develop with him. Like you have T. Higgins is a was a rookie with him this year. They're going to develop side-by-side, side, year one, year one, year two, year two, all as, as long as you can keep the two of them together. And I think that's the best thing you could do is keep those two together, right? Until T. Higgins hits that 30 or so, like give him, you know, eight years here. Um, Tyler Boyd, same thing. I think you get rid of A.J. Green, uh, let him go. Bring in a a third receiver, either a a veteran or, you know, a mid-round receiver, and that's more than enough as your number three guy, just somebody that can play the slot for you, and you're good to go. Um, They could use a tight end, but the biggest issue is you need offensive line First round, whatever the best offensive lineman is, that's who you take. I don't care about defense. I don't care about anything else. Protect your franchise quarterback. And going into twenty twenty one, as far as just kind of play is concerned, I am praying that they don't rush him back. A lot of people are saying how he's way ahead of progress or way ahead of schedule on his his recovery. He's making great progress with it. No, I don't care. Don't rush this guy back. He is so young and so good. And if you rush him back and he re-injures himself, you are never going to forgive. Like nobody in uh, Cincinnati is going to forgive that team for that. So don't rush him back. Get rid of the garbage behind him and Brandon Allen, Brian Finley, and Kyle Shermer. Bring in a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick or Nick Foles, that's a veteran, knows how to help coach a player, and when you, you – know, cool, if you need him in for the first couple games of the season, they can absolutely do it. We've seen them do it you know, before, and they go into it understanding this is not their job. They're not there to be the starting quarterback. You have a young guy that is simply coming off of an injury, and you need to make sure that he is healthy and ready to go. And then support him as much as you can going, going forward.
3: Yeah, Joe Burrow is a machine. I am – All in on him, I am a believer. He had a 65.3% completion percentage as a rookie. Uh, My concern was, is the all-world college career going to translate to the pros? I think I saw everything I needed to see behind that offensive line to know this guy is going to be a stud. I want him. He is a top five dynasty quarterback for me. The only problem is he's been edged out slightly by Herbert at the moment. But, I mean, I think you're looking at one a one b in that rookie class as far as these quarterbacks go i'd be really happy if i was cincy i'm not that concerned about back i'm not that concerned about anything except offensive line like you were saying tom you can run out brandon allen and finley next year see if they can stay standing for long enough to let joe burrow get back on the field behind a revamped offensive line because without that revamped offensive line you're going to have issues joe burrow is a tough cookie but even he couldn't survive it uh, so, really, that's more what I'm focusing on with Cincy. Is this Joe Burrow? When does he get back next year? He's still a top asset moving forward. Uh, you're looking at a guy who's going to finish as a top 10 rushing quarterback pretty much every year of his career. He's not like the. He's not a Kyler or Lamar, but he's going to be a top 10 running touchdown guy, a yard guy every year. So, he's going to safety. He's going to strengthen up that floor as he moves forward, especially, guy. He'd got, he did what he did this year with the line that was just got awful. So I expect huge growth from Burrow and quickly if they address the line.
2: Yeah, it's really now kind I... of a travesty that this guy got banged up uh, this year because now he's spending that, uh, you know, lead up to, to year two rehabbing instead of doing the film study and developing. And one thing I want to point out is Zach Taylor getting this job. A lot of people were like, oh man, you know, what are they doing? Why are they hiring this guy? But, you know, we talk about Ryan Finley and the other guys. You know, they did play pretty well at times in relief of of, uh, of Joe Burrow. So I feel like the head coach might be the right fit for what they're trying to do. Offensive line situation, really poor. A.J. Green's not going to be there. And I think Joe Mixon's on his way out sooner than later. He's kind of in the Teddy Bridgewater situation where after next season, that's the time when Cincinnati can get out from underneath his contract. Uh, he does have a few years left. However, I feel like he could be someone that they trade and, you know, maybe try to get uh, try to get some, some more assets around Joe Burrow or maybe another piece on defense. But when I look at Joe Burrow's stats, he, he's played 10 games last year, you guys. Five of them, over 300 yards passing. The guy averaged 40 pass attempts per game. And if he would have played the rest of the season, over 650 pass attempts is what he was on pace for. That's an asinine number for a guy and to still have the completion percentage around 65 up there as a rookie when he's running for his life, it's pretty impressive. And really, A.J. Green, we all look at as probably the number one in Cincinnati. Really, he was kind of non-existent uh, for this offense. So he was not throwing to A.J. Green all that much. So I was pretty impressed with Joe Burrow. But one thing that I really like to see, his on-target percentage seventy seventy-five 75%, but his bad pass percentage was 14.8%. So that was better than Josh Allen was this season. And we we talked about how good Josh Allen was and how much he ascended in the passing game. You know, like you said, Ryan, coming out of college, that doesn't always translate when you see those guys just tear it up in college like that. And I wasn't so sure Joe Burrow was going to be able to do it. But, yeah, I saw everything I wanted to see. And, uh, you know, I was really, really pleased uh, with Joe Burrow and what he did this year. And I think the Cincinnati Bengals have a lot to be pretty excited about moving forward. T. Higgins really started to come on late with backup quarterbacks. This guy was playing good football and was really the fantasy receiver to own in this, on, on this team. And I still think Tyler Boyd is a better receiver than he gets credit for on a week-in, week-out basis. So I think the Bengals need to shore up that line. They obviously need some defense to be able to compete because Pittsburgh's not going to be that bad uh, anytime soon. They have a good defense. And with Baltimore playing well, the Bengals playing well, the or the Ravens playing well, uh, and the Browns playing well. The Bengals are kind of that odd team out still. They've got a long way to go. But the biggest piece in the NFL is having that quarterback, and I do think they have that quarterback in Joe Burrow.
4: Billy, tell me if I'm wrong, but give it a couple years, and he'll probably be lifting some trophies. What do you think?
2: I do think uh, he's a guy that, that could get it done. I This guy is special. There's something about him that's just different, and I want to take another dig at these Nebraska Cornhuskers who told this guy he was not good enough to come play there, even though family uh, was playing there. So, I don't know. He ended up at Ohio State and went in the natty at LSU, but he wasn't good enough to go to Nebraska. So, that's kind of funny to me. I really like Joe Burrow. I just like – this This guy is so coy, so calm, so cool, so collected, so confident. And he does it in a way that nobody around him uh, takes it as cocky or arrogant or, or, or in that negative kind of this kid thinks he's better than he is. I was really impressed with Joe Burrow. And, man, I think the Bengals are going to be good sooner than later. Him and uh, him and Baker Mayfield going to have some shootouts for years to come, I think, in this division. You guys going to need to be
1: out I mean, Joe Burrow kind of smacks people in the face, right? Like, he's <laughs> going to be out there next year, and he's just smacking smack people in the face, right, Billy? Yo, yeah, he's going to pick up a Madden so, trophy and just
2: – Yeah, well, hopefully, you know, it's an MVP trophy, maybe an AFC championship trophy. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's our that's our big sponsor. We've had these guys for a long time. Trophy Smack uh, commemorate your league winner with the best possible way with Trophy Smack. They create create trophies, belts, and rings with free engraving and shipping. And now you can get a free ring with your purchase of a trophy or belt if you use promo code Belly Up. I was looking at these guys the other day for my home dynasty league trophy that you guys were all so gracious to take over some teams for some guys that bailed. Uh, but if you have a league that uh, maybe you haven't had a trophy for, you can retroactively get plates for a trophy uh, 16 years back. They, they will give you that for free with your purchase of one of these trophies. So uh pretty good thing that they're doing. And you can, uh, you know, if hey, maybe moving forward or you want to commemorate yourself and some championships you've won, uh, they'll uh, they'll get you hooked up there too. They have some awesome choices, some really cool stuff going on, rings, belts, if that's more your fancy. But, yeah, check out Trophy Smack and get yourself something going on for your league, guys. Definitely worth it. Yeah, Texans hiring their head coach. The breaking news right now. Uh, Ravens assistant David Coley, which is not one of the names we heard, kind of being that uh, hot-button guy. They were looking at Leslie Frazier and uh, interviewing McCown as well. Uh, Chris, you're a Texas fan, man. Tell us what you think about that.
1: No comment right now. I need to digest this. It's not someone that was on my radar, not someone that was on most people's radar, Um last night I was on the good old boys podcast and we, I dissected the Houston Texans tomorrow. I'll be on the dynasty vipers podcast and dissecting this new hire now, but was going to talk about the Houston Texans. I mean, I guess I talked to you guys about this and I was like, we're going to get a GM and just replace the head coach, move it. I was hoping for big Rome just to be the, the, you know, just take it over for this year. But, uh, I was really hoping for Bienemy, right? Who who's not? And for the Texans to—I mean, this is just in my mind. This is like Watson's packing his shit right now. Like he's either buying a house in New York or he's buying a house in Miami. Most likely Miami. Um, this really, all I really, golly, I mean, this Texans being Texans, let's roll.
4: I'll tell you what. That's exactly how I felt with the Eagles' head coaching hire. Though I needed to digest it before I could even give any thought on it. It's the same thing here. I think I, I don't know how I feel about this one either. It's it's a weird
1: hire almost. I mean it. It, it really is like the
2: the line right there. Like Watson's gone. Like that's it, JJ Watt's probably gone. It almost seems like a lot of these guys said. Uh, you know what? Uh, thanks, but no thanks. I'm better. I'm better off where I'm at right now, and maybe hitting that head coaching circuit next year. Uh, but man, it just seems so odd. This going into the off season, knowing this was an opening, the Texans were probably the top of a lot of guys' list, and boy, that has crumbled really fast.
4: Quick question: Did Deshaun Watson and JJ Watt both go to Miami?
1: I think. I think Watt retires a Texan.
3: No, it's What's too? What's overpaid? They want to get rid of him. They're
4: not they going to. They've on. got
2: cap issues. Cap issues galore in Houston. They've got issues top to bottom in Houston. And uh, man, it might be bad. It might get a lot worse before it gets better.
4: I think they. I think they announced it as a mutual decision similar to the Matt Stafford thing. He does not want to be something dramatic with, you know, and nothing against Watson here. I I don't think JJ Watt wants his departure from Houston to be a dramatic thing. I think he wants to leave with some, and again, not against Watson here, but some respect and, you know, feel good with the city.
2: Yeah, that really sucks because JJ Watts kind of in the face of that franchise as the, you know, their ups and downs and, Injuries and coming back, leading by example, holding that locker room down. They finally got Deshaun Watson, that franchise quarterback. I mean, who's the best Texans quarterback beforehand? Matt Schaub, who wasn't horrible, wasn't great. Deshaun Watson was kind of the savior, all about it. Incredible kid, incredible player. And, man, the fall from grace is real in Houston after uh, the you know the nuke departure, wasting Andre Johnson and Arian Foster. And J.J. Watts really just put it on the line and took a beating from hell all these years, man. I, I, I feel like JJ wants to go play for a contender. And unfortunately, as close as Houston's been or seemed like they, they were at times, uh, just not there.
1: I'm just blown away. Like, I'm floored right now. Like, I should just chug this beer. But it's like, I can't because it's just like, whoa. We we're on a good roll, right? Like, there was a little bit of traction We could have had, and it's just—I mean, Adam GaSe going to be our offensive coordinator now, or what's the deal? Oh my god, might as well. Might as well. (laughs) Fuck, right, (laughs) guys. Okay, I know we were talking about doing a two-part series. This might be have to break up into three, maybe even. I mean, we're gonna have to go quick next week for sure if we want to do it in two. But it's probably gonna be a three-epic long trilogy for us with its quarterback landscape, but we're going to do something that most other pods or most other fancy footballers are not going to do. Sorry. I didn't mean to mean fancy footballers. Those guys are awesome. I mean, other fancy football podcasts. Um, We are what they aren't right. We're belly up fantasy live. Um, We're going to give you the stats. Like if y'all have not seen Billy's new headshot on the website, go to the website we're gonna deliver the analysis above the surface. Stats are gonna win you the ships. I want to trifecta this year. Billy won a championship. Tom won. Ryan won. A five-time champion right there with Billy Witt. So, guys, we're gonna end it right now at at ninety something minutes. I know that's really short for what we normally do, but we will be faster next week. Um, Ryan, awesome show sheet. We're gonna rock and roll. Guys, hopefully we can get y'all to meet Ethan, the intern, pretty soon. Um, l- 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 let's roll out. Let's keep it simple. Tom, you know what to do at the close. Ooh, I like the mic in the hand. God damn.
4: I mean, I want to tell him what's up and then do the mic drop, don't I? Right? I mean, so you guys all know if you follow the show, make sure you check me out on Twitter, at tom. Um, like I said earlier, I, you know, I, I'm an Eagles fan. Everyone knows that I'll, I'll put some interesting takes out there on Twitter. I never really put anything out on the whole head coaching hire there. So planning on getting some actual thoughts out there this week and really, uh, really speaking my mind on it. I've, I finally started to put my head to it. So make sure you check me out there. Um, at Boley at football, at Bo Up fantasy. Um, you yeah, know, we're all, uh, putting out some good content, even into the off season here for football. And there's a lot of other sports. Belly Up Fantasy Live expanding here. We got hockey. We got basketball. We're going to be having baseball. Um, any you know fantasy needs you have, we'll be here for you with Belly Up Fantasy Live. Um, so make sure you're checking us out on Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube, Spotify, in, or iTunes, podcast. I, I don't know all the podcast place anymore. There's too many of them to keep track of. But anywhere you listen to podcasts, or follow somebody on social media, check us out. Guarantee we're on there. And if we're not let us know known, we'll get on there. Ryan, what do you got?
3: Just want to throw a little reminder to you guys, if you haven't already, get with me or one of us about signing up for all of the stuff we're going to be doing next year. I've already looked up and drawing up rules for some Vampire Leagues Pinto from last time we talked about it. So I'm going to be sharing those with you all soon. Um, but we want everybody involved the belly up bowl round two coming at you soon we're going to start getting everything set up soon but obviously we still got the super bowl and a little bit more time to go but um, we're really excited about what 2021 is going to look like uh, at belly up Um, also had a little 2020 fantasy and review article that went out a day or two ago i can't even remember anymore uh, so I'll be doing that, and then I'll be talking about some bets that I like moving to the Super Bowl, especially specifically prop bets and things of that nature with the company we're partnering up with, uh, BUSR.com. We'll be uh, writing an article talking about the props they're going to be offering and which what I like moving forward with uh, the Super Bowl. Billy? Yeah, check me out at B with 2-4. Uh,
2: like Ryan said, he's recap 2020 for us as we start to look ahead to 2021. We've got a lot of big things going on at Belly Up. Belly Up Bowl 2 will be bigger and badder than it was last year. We put 1200 bucks in the Trophy Smack Trophy in the champ's hands, and we uh, made a nice donation to uh, St. Jude's as well. So make sure you're a part of that. If you uh, fancy different formats, hit us up. We're trying to cover all the bases and have something for everybody. You know, everybody likes a little bit of something different. But we'll definitely want to get in on the Belly Up Bowl with that prize money, uh, going to be a big deal. So 2021 is going to be a really big year for Belly Up and this gang. Like I said, we got the hockey, we've got basketball, we've got baseball. So if those are your fantasy sports as well, you know, check us out. We've got a lot of really talented people around Belly Up that are helping us get those podcasts up and running off the ground and helping you win chips in different uh, sports. So, uh, you know, hey, come hang out at Belly Up. Let's talk football and uh, let's get this Super Bowl one for the Chiefs, and uh, look at twenty twenty one. Maybe we we'll have some dynasty stuff going on. Talking about that all off season, and get you prepped for your redraft in uh, uh, for twenty twenty one as well. So, uh, yeah, come hang out.
1: And guys, obviously, I had to have a little sip real quick. But Tom Brady, Todd Bowles, Tampa Bay at home, too bad hosting the Super Bowl. You're gonna win. Tom Brady's going to win another Super Bowl. No. Tom, you dropped your mic. You can't pick the mic back up.
4: I'll pick it back up whenever I want. <laughs> Especially to say that the other Tom is not winning a Super Bowl. Yeah.
2: going to a call late in this game to that win. It. Right. The
4: wins look, it again. How
1: to, oh, Ooh. look at this shit. Look at this shit. Oh. Oh. I can shit. fix
3: that. Okay. This just a button. Abuse <laughs> a
2: button. <laughs> You're impeached. You don't win it. How does that work? How, how do I have to
1: undo that? This makes no sense. Straight
3: There's no on. child lock. There's no child lock. There's no child locks on this car.
2: We will not be stuck <laughs> in the back seat.
3: Tom has the kill shot mic on right hey, now. You
2: know what? Oh. You know what?
1: Everybody, I leave you with this. Psych!
3: (laughs) What? How did that happen? How does this? I don't know how. I don't know how that happened.
1: (laughs) I was gonna do something really sweet, guys. I don't know that. Follow me at Aggie Sig and follow my boys at Belly Up Tom at Real Ryan Hicks at B Wit Twenty Four. These guys are the engines of Belly Up Fantasy Live. Like they've all mentioned, we are expanding into sports all across the world for fantasy. Football is our staple, and we run it right now, guys. If you don't watch us, you need to. Tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your next-door neighbor. We're going to be bringing you the knowledge that will help you decide on your lineups. Because numbers don't lie. We're going to help you decipher what means what. And you can find me every Tuesday before the show, I'm not going to be a host, and so you don't have to worry about me ranting and raving. But I'll just be giving you the numbers for hockey, basketball, and baseball. But my boys, follow them at their apps. Yeah. So you can see them right there. Guys, it's been oh a pleasure. God. It's been great. Oh my- Next week, we will see y'all again for round two of the quarterback breakdown. Y'all have a good one. Oh, wait, wait, wait. My bad. We're Belly Up Fantasy Live. We're part of Belly Up Sports. We are what they aren't. Good night.
0: off.